0: Well, folks, it's another day in Chiefs Kingdom. We have more for you on uh, Patrick Mahomes and his evolution. Yes, he is staying in town. I want you guys to all know that. Uh, as well as where do they go from here? It's not quite time to burn the bridge, but the heat's starting to turn up. We're going to get into it with Matt Derrick from Chiefs Digest. Welcome to Locked On, Chiefs. It's the Locked On Podcast
1: Network, your team every day. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this
0: is the Locked On Chiefs podcast.
1: The home of the free, Matt. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing just fine. I guess I'm doing better than most people. So <laughs> you are
0: you're free to have your own opinions, Chiefs Kingdom. <laughs> I can't say I understand them all, but that's perfectly fine. This is, uh, this is Reality Day. For those of you who are new to the show, welcome. Make sure that you like and sub on the YouTube channel, and you would give us a review on iTunes. I'd like to know how you like this format of the show. Wednesday means Matt Derrick in reality comes back to the show so that I'm not overreacting, and Chris isn't telling me that I'm a fool. So, Matt, thank you for taking the time to be here. <laughs> it's what I try to be. I
1: try to be the voice of reason that tries to be objective, big picture, don't get too high. Don't get too low. Okay. I'm here to try and be your governor. You and my therapist appreciate it, <laughs>
0: <laughs> or me and my therapist. See, I did that wrong anyway. Um, it, it, there has been a whole lot of of hurt feelings. A whole lot of oh, what do they do now? They fell under 500. The sky is falling. Um, I, I've been talking it from my perspective this week. Where are you in terms of the uh, the DefCon scale here?
1: Um. Probably DefCon three. I mean, okay. I'm I, I. I don't think there's quite room to panic yet. I mean, there you can look at this. You can look at the, the the glass half full and glass half glass half empty. We've been talking about this. Glass half half empty. You don't need that argument. You I mean you've seen it? They're three and four. Two of those losses are blowout losses to good teams. Um, they're turning over the football at a ridiculous rate. The defense is basically number 32 in everything. Okay, we get that. The other part of it, and the reason why I, I would still say, you know what, if the Chiefs woke up on beginning of week 12 and were first place in the AFC West, it wouldn't surprise me because this team has been there before. I mean, they've had their backs against the wall before, and they've come back. The things that they are doing wrong are fixable. Mm -hmm. Uh, the offense alone can fix so many of these problems. If they stop turning over the football, this defense is capable of going from 32 to 22. And that's Mm -hmm. all this defense needs to be if this offense is going to be scoring 3.14 points of play or drive like they were three days ago before Sunday. (laughs) I mean, if they just fix some things, they're going to be fine. This is a team coming off two Super Bowl wins. Their four losses are all the teams that, Will probably be in the playoffs mm-hmm. or ten win teams. These are all good teams that they've lost to, and they've lost to them while playing arguably the worst stretch of football that Patrick Mahomes has ever played in Kansas City. I mean, arguably the worst stretch that Andy's ever had in, in uh, Kansas City. Absolutely. I mean, even the one in five stretch in twenty fifteen, I I think was not as bad as this. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have just been playing badly. But here's one stat that I keep I keep fixating on this week. And if you've heard me in a couple of places, I know you've already heard it a couple of times, but Chiefs turned the ball over 17 times. The second most turnovers in the league is 12. It's the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Texans. Oh, those three teams have three wins. And the only reason they have three wins between them is because they played, you know, the te- Texans and the Jaguars played each other. <laughs> so don't even count that one. The Chiefs was turning the ball over 17 times. Should not be three and four; they should be one and six or zero and seven. I mean, (laughs) that's just the reality of it. So the fact that they're three and four is actually a pretty good testament to what kind of team they are. That if they stop doing this
0: nonsense, they're going to be fine. I I I like where you're coming from. We're going to hit all the analytics pieces, folks, because this is the nice thing about a, a downtrodden week. Everybody goes to the analytics, try to prove their point, right? Because everybody can take a spin on analytics. I'm going to give you some of the numbers that matter in the next segment, folks. But I like what you said about the fact that these are all potential, probable even, playoff teams. And so for me, my mind specifically goes to, all right, so you've already shown them that their plan, their current idea is going to work. So now you have an advantage because they're going to roll out the same concept the next time they play. You might be setting them up to really have a little scoot through the playoffs is the way that I'm going to take
1: Hey, if the I will say this, absolutely. If the Chiefs, I, I'm turning to Eric Bieniemy, I will say this. <laughs> if the Chiefs make it to the playoffs, they're probably going to face a team that they've already faced. The only team I think could get, like in the in the playoff picture right now, the Bengals would be a team that they wouldn't face. But other than that, they're probably going to face somebody again. Chiefs if they make the playoffs are not going to be the same football team they are right now. Not in scheme, not in not in concepts, not in how they're playing. So Throw, throw, you, if the Chiefs make the playoffs, you can throw this first seven weeks out the window.
0: Yeah. They will definitely be different. The only thing that I have a concern about is how long it seems to be taking to get those changes corrected. We all know that they make them. They do it every year. There's always a, a personnel piece added here. We're going to talk about that coming up way later in the show, but stay tuned right after this, you guys. Hey, Chiefs fans, we're back with an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. Our listeners are getting $0.25 cents back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the app, get Upside app, in the App Store or on Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you get a bonus, $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. So that's like $0.50 cents per gallon on your first tank. Download that app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. Drivers are making a lot of money, as much as two or $300 in cash that goes right back onto their accounts and you can use it in any way that you want, either your bank account, PayPal, whatever. Get that GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to start to get $0.50 cents per gallon on your first tank and $0.25 cents after that. That's TOUCHDOWN on get Upside. So, uh, I know, 17 turnovers in, what, 16 quarters or whatever they said it was. I, I don't even get fixated on that. The interesting, The most interesting thing to me, because everybody's pulling stuff out and Kudos to everybody who runs NFL fast R and pulls all that data because I don't have time to do that stuff. But the most intriguing storyline to me is when you look at non-turnover specific plays, the results of non-turnover specific things, they're actually functioning at or above where they've been the last two seasons in terms of offensive output. It's just that turnover. It's that's all that it is. You don't do that, like you said earlier. It should turn around in an instant, shouldn't it? You take
1: away. Three specific turnovers from this team. They're six and one. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're that much of a razor's edge. I mean, two games completely turned around on turnovers. I mean, they don't, Clyde Butchler doesn't fumble the football. But they win that game. Yeah. Um, the four turnovers, pick any one of them against the Chargers. They win that game. <laughs> you know, so absolutely. I mean, and the, the Chiefs, they're leading the league. At least they were last I checked. The Sunday took it, took some starch out of a lot of numbers. When you only score on one drive, it takes some starch out of some numbers. Um, but yeah, I mean, they basically have been three true outcomes in football. They either score, turn the football over, or punt. I mean, there's literally nothing else that this team does. Um, but one thing, I mean, digging into it, and, and I'm, I'm glad you kind of brought up, you know, analytics and even some specific things, because one thing I wrote for Associated Press this week was about the Chiefs' script. Mm-hmm. And I even asked Andy Reid about it on Monday because. You know, normally the Chiefs come out and are just blowing people out from the get-go. They set the tone early. They put people down. It doesn't matter if they come back. They bury them by the second quarter, and it's all over with. This team's getting outscored in the first half by 52 points. They're outscoring teams in the second half, so the second half's not a problem. They've been getting better in the second half of almost, you know, okay, maybe all but two games. Well, one game. They were better in the second half against the te- the Titans than they were. So I'll give them that almost every game, but Buffalo, they've been better in the second half than they were in the first half. But in that script, and and I, I, I say 15 plays, it, they, they went through 16 plays in the first half, basically, that Neil download I think was the 17th play, but they went through 16 plays and four drives in the first half. And what did they do? They had a penalty on the first drive that put them in third and long second drive. They have a negative running play that puts them in the third and long third drive over the interception, fourth drive fumble. That is everything that this team has been doing in a nutshell. And this was in the script. These were the, the, their, their best plays that they felt like coming in, that they could absolutely run on the Titans and they can't get anything done because they're making mistakes. You eliminate the penalties. You eliminate the turnovers. I think that still, I mean, negative run plays to me are even execution. I mean, you should not be having negative run plays in the NFL. I mean, if a run yeah. play fails, you should still get two yards. <laughs> That's at least my my <laughs> feeling on it. Just clean up these mistakes, and they're going to be okay. But, I mean, even their best stuff's not going to work if they're shooting themselves in the foot.
0: Yeah. Well, and like you said, this is normally something where they get rolling. That first 15 is usually a drive to a drive and a half, and they're out. Because they've scored twice. And that change alone is not only affecting them, but that puts the impetus right back on the defense. When they're third and long and they can't convert, then the defense is out there for the majority of the time. You you can count it by snaps, you can count it by minutes. It doesn't matter. When the defense is getting worn out in the first half, there's not much that they can provide in the second half. We've seen them tweak some things. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit too, but. For me, the number one thing is it it always feels like there's a a tendency buster trying to happen, except for running on first down and going to play action on second. So for me, my instant thing is I have to run more crossers, I have to attack the middle of the field between the hashes, and I have to do things out of order for me, but what might be more of a classic approach for the rest of the league. I'm, I'm cutting out the RPOs, I'm going to a more traditional long handoff fake play action to really pull everybody up and then maybe you can get something cooking. Does that plan hold any water for you or would you do something completely different?
1: No, it absolutely does. And and this is the other point that I know I've been harping on the last few days too, which is that we get it. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a Ferrari. I mean, that's he's a sports car. We know. He can go 80 miles an hour down the field at all times and blow people's doors off and everything. But right now, the way that defenses are playing, the Chiefs can't do that. That play is not there. And trying to force that play is only resulting in problems and turnovers. Chiefs need to be a minivan right now. Because we know that they've got to put 11 people in the back, back of the minivan anyway from the defense. You've got to carry those guys with you. But Chiefs need to be a minivan. It's in stop-and-go traffic because that's what teams are doing to them. They're trying to make sure that... If Because the NFL teams right now will absolutely let the Chiefs beat them with a thousand paper cuts. If the Chiefs, if they will, they will, the NFL teams are absolutely saying to the Chiefs, please take 17 plays, 75 yards, and nine minutes off the clock for your drives. Please. They're begging the Chiefs to do it. And that that is there. I mean, it, you, I get it's boring. I mean, I, I know everybody wants to see, you know, the 50-yard bombs and they want to see, you know, Mahomes pushing the ball down the field. But when you got seven guys dropping back and four guys putting you under pressure and your guys can't block those four guys and keep them from getting pressure on the quarterback, you got to do something different. And I, absolutely, I would absolutely buy into your philosophy right there. I mean, those are the, the things that, it, you know, right right now with the way that the, the, the Chiefs are being defended, Marty Ball would actually work pretty good. (laughs) Don't even even start me. (laughs) No, you don't need to run the football that much. (laughs) But you're absolutely right. I mean, more traditional play action, um, anything. I mean, even even taking advantage of things that you don't have to. I mean, we get that, you know, hey, Patrick Mahomes is the best when plays break down. I tell you what, you get the ball out in 1.5 seconds to Tyreek Hill in space. That's going to be an advantage most of the time. Yeah, that's so, you know, I mean, yeah, it to me, it's it's there's absolutely, I think, been some stubbornness on on the offensive side with with Reed and BNME and Kafka and everybody who's involved in that. As far as, you know, devising game plans, there's been some stubbornness because they've stuck to what's worked the last few years. Mm-hmm. No, you can't do that anymore because that's not the way teams are playing you. Well, I'll meet, I'll meet you halfway. I like
0: the uh, the soccer mom minivan analogy there. <laughs> um, soccer moms unite. We love you guys. Uh, that's right <laughs> but i want to i want to I wanna take it a, a slightly different step i want that like mini cooper that's all tricked out like in that heist movie because it looks like it's going nowhere but then it has the ability to explode still and i think that they can set that up with bringing in a personnel i want to see Noah gray more involved i want to see josh gordon more involved i think those are the two x factors right now that they have on the bench they could pull right in and do something new with am i am i wrong
1: yeah and that's the thing is that you know they haven't pushed any levers for the most part on offense i mean you could say maybe Mike Rimmers coming in for Lucas and was, was one lever that they've tried. But other than that, we haven't seen anything, you know, they haven't mixed up any of the rotation, even the receiver with Gordon coming in. Yeah. He got the start on Sunday, but once again, 16 plays, offensive plays in, and they're down by 27. They're not in Josh Gordon's part of the playbook anymore. They're going up tempo. They're doing things that he's not involved with. So, you know, I, I think at this point it's training wheels are off. I mean, just, let Josh Gordon be your number two receiver. If he's got a limited route tree, if he's got a, uh you know a limited things that he can do, I tell you what, there's absolutely no reason why Chiefs can't put a little bit more pressure on Mahomes and just say, tell you what, we're gonna put Josh Gordon out there eighty percent of the plays, and we know that maybe two thirds of the time you're just gonna have to tell him where to go. That's fine. okay. That's fine. Right in the dirt, it doesn't matter. Because right now, you know, I mean, hey, if Tyreek Hill stops dropping the football, which would be nice, oh. you'll be fine. Byron Pringle has been consistent. I think he needs some more time. Demarcus Robinson and McColl Hardman haven't been doing it. I mean, yep. and if that means that they're giving up snaps to Josh Gordon, I think you need to see it at this point. Because people cry at me all the time that, he, listen, he can only
0: run a slant and a go, maybe a post. I think he can do an intermediate over. There's four routes. Just run him on that every single time. If he's in shape, he'll be okay. (laughs) Maybe his conditioning needs a little work because that's a lot. But, I mean, literally, half the snaps run those routes all day long because physicality is his friend, and most of these teams are going to give up catches at least enough to move the chains. At this point, if he's a glorified possession receiver, that moves this offense and keeps you on the field. I think that's enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that the Chiefs were bringing Gordon along pretty fast. I mean if I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to remember the calendar wise. I don't even think he's been here a month yet. Right. Um, that's pretty fast. So, you know, I mean, to me, this is exactly when I thought that, you know, it was the realistic timeline that Josh Gordon might be able to start contribute. I mean, maybe, yeah, I mean, week eight was really when I thought that would be the realistic time that he could do something. So, I, if, hey, if the last few weeks were just a matter of, the, hey, they had and they had the Chiefs absolutely had bigger plans each and every week. They've had bigger plans for Josh Gordon. It's just that they've ended up in deficits. They've gone up tempo. They've gone into comeback mode and they don't have him in that part of the playbook yet. So it completely understandable at this point, however. I, I think you just go out there in your role with Josh Gordon and you start seeing what he can do because this team needs somebody to make plays. And yeah. he can he can make plays. He's if, he's, if he's yeah. if he's healthy and in football shape, he can make plays. Let's see if they actually do that, folks. We also have to take a look at how and
0: what you can do to help this defense out a little bit. There are a lot of things. We're going to calm some of your hysteria as well. We will be right back. Uh, I actually put some bets down, Rock Chalk KU. Um, Didn't end up pulling that one out in the way that I bet it, but I I was having a good time being in a matchup there with the Jayhawks over the weekend at betonline.ag, and that's where I did it all. So check them out. They're the number one spot for basketball and football. I know there's other sports, but it's don't care. So you can bet them if you want. You won't find me doing it, but that's fine. If you know it, there's a prop, there's a game, there's a contest of any kind. You can go find it on IG. If you do, please use the promo code lockdown. That'll get you a 50% uh, discount or a deposit bonus, that is, so that you put in a hundred bucks, you get 50 as well. That's a nice way to do it. And then as you're going along, you can spend that wherever you want or bet on whatever you want. You can play casino games. um Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get all your action into it on your fantasy sports, favorite sports not fantasy sports. That's wrong. Uh, but it's one spot and you can do it all. It's, it's a really good interaction. Um, and I had a great time doing it this last weekend. Um, just hope that you can pull that out next time. Um, but check it out, betonline.ag, where the game starts. we got to tell you about our pals at Built Bar. And you've heard us talk about them before, and we just can't stop because we enjoy them so much. Whether it was the special flavors like the coconut brownie chunk or the grasshopper cookie, like there are a number of things that make them very unique that – they make their bars for their customers. And at the end of the day, they're all nutritious in terms of right around 150, 130 to 180 calories is the range, all with 17 or 18 grams of protein in one bar and low sugar, low net carbs, like five grams of sugar on the average. And it comes in handy when you're trying to fulfill your workout regimen, whatever diet plan you're on, whatever you're trying to do nutritionally, Bill Bar can help you there. And at the end of the day, They taste great, and that's what it comes down to with all their flavors, whether it's the coconut chunk brownie, uh, whether they're standard flavors like salted caramel cookies and cream and German chocolate. uh, Mint brownies is one of my favorites. There's a lot out there. I think you'll find something that you can enjoy today. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off of your next order. Use that promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off of your next order at Bilt.com. Now, there's hysteria out there, and then there's like craziness, right? They can't just cut Frank Clark and Anthony Hitchens and and trade uh, Chris Jones tomorrow, folks. That's not going to work. You won't believe some of the theories that I've gotten on social media. Um, But in all honesty, Matt, what can they do personnel-wise, do you think, given what they have available, to try to help themselves out? I think the Thornhill change was, was very basic and did a lot of good. Is there something else that they can do?
1: I mean, I still want to keep seeing more Nick Bolton, and I want to see more of Nick Bolton in the middle. Um, you know, him playing on the outside is out of position. I mean, that's not what he did at Mizzou. You know, he was very productive in the SEC, and the Chiefs aren't going to be asking Nick Bolton to play on the outside in 22 and beyond. I mean, they drafted him with the idea that he's going to be a Mike linebacker, and you saw on Sunday, I think, that he could be a really, really good Mike linebacker. I mean, it's a pretty good one game. Yep, um, We need to see more. Um, I I doubt that Anthony Hitchens will play this week. I mean, we'll see. Uh, the fact that the guy was you know in a sling last week, but it seemed to me that he's, he he not be back this week. But we'll see. But even then, I mean, I still want to see Nick Bolton get some time there. That means that that means Hitchens, you know, taking a a niche role on the outside. I'm okay with that.
0: Well, I was just going to ask you, maybe he can play, but should he? Because I'm not even convinced that he should, other than out of position again. But that's an interesting role as well. If you're going to go in the two nickel, or you only have two linebackers, is it time after the performance last week that you put Nick Bolton in that role?
1: Yeah, I mean now that now that Bolton has proven to you, I I, I had questions about whether he was ready to take that leadership role as far as being the guy to call plays, and I wasn't sure that the Chiefs were ready to thrust that on him yet. They clearly are, and he handled it. So if that's the case, then absolutely. I mean, this is to me in a, in a two two backer formation going forward it needs to be Bolton and Gay. Um gives his team a lot more speed. Clearly it's a better run defense. We've we've seen that. Yep. Um I, I mean I think that's that's one one lever that they can certainly pull. Um I know there's another lever everybody wants to pull, which is moving Chris Jones back inside. And that's a complicated one to move. I mean if anything, I think that the Chiefs would still be better focusing on what their original plan was, which was to say, "Hey, we're going to we'll line up Chris Jones wherever the best matchup is." In some weeks, that's going to be inside, and in some weeks that's going to be outside. But remember, Chris Jones wants to play outside. He has been dying to be an edge rusher <laughs> for six years, ever since he's gotten in the league. I mean, everything he's done has been about wanting to be an edge rusher. He's worked for it. I mean absolutely has and i get people who are going to say hey chris you're making 20 million dollars a year you're going to play wherever you need to play i get that but at the same time you are be telling the guy that in the one game when he was healthy played pretty well on the edge and now you're going to say hey you're hurt you're trying to play through it but we don't want you to play where you want to play we're going to put you back inside where you're probably still not going to be very productive because you're hurt anyway i mean that's a tough ask For an NFL player and and you're going to be getting the guy now that, hey, none of us are at our best when we're in a spot like that, where we're doing something we don't want to do. And so, I mean, some of it may be, hey, if you want to get Jones going back inside more and be that full time, if you want to do that, you might just have to say, okay, Chris, we're going to shut you down for a few more weeks because we need to get that rest completely healed. Now he's got the groin that he's dealing with, too. You know, and we've seen that this wrist has really hampered him. So I don't know what the only lever that you need to pull with Chris Jones is to get him healthy. I don't think it matters at this point where he's lining up. He needs to be healthy because that's the one guy that can make a difference. You know, the Jaron Reed experiment probably needs to be tested because he hasn't been productive. There are other guys that seem like they've been playing pretty well. I like what we've seen from Turk Wharton. Mm hmm it'd be interesting to see a little bit more of Derek not has been you know banged up too I mean they've had a lot of injuries on the front and I don't sure that their injuries are completely to blame for it but for the for the poor play but those are considerations but from a scheme standpoint I mean I think that Spagnuolo is just going to have to accept the fact that right now whether it's personnel or injuries the only way he's going to get pressure on a quarterback is by bringing five or more and I I think you're just going to have to do that more often completely
0: yeah I completely agree with you and that's that's why I agree with you that I think Bolton needs to be out there in the nickel because you can treat him as the fifth. You can move him all over the yep. place. You can delay him. You can do all the things that you do with linebackers and still have Willie next to him that can run and cover. Yep. I think that's, that's a done deal. But I think the, the number one thing, whether it's Jared Reed, whether it's Chris Jones, health or not, the only thing that I see affecting the front four in a positive way right now is to Frank Clark to actually perform up to his contract. I don't see that happening. I'm not sure if it's even capable after what we've seen the last couple of weeks. Every now and then we get a glimpse, but it's nowhere near consistent. It's not a guy that you can rely to drive that front for. Is there, is there any way to get that changed that, that maybe they just haven't gotten to yet?
1: Well, and, you know, and this one, you know, hey, my frustrations as a reporter that, you know, we don't have the locker rooms these days. Mm-hmm. Because that means that, you know, we've literally only seen Frank Clark once since February. I mean. That's just, well, I guess, twice technically. But one of those times was on the road at midnight mm. out of town <laughs> 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 that a handful of the reporters got to see him on a podium for a couple of minutes. I'm not sure I can count that one. Okay. Um, but, you know, I mean, we, we don't get to see some of this stuff because all we get to judge it on is basically what we see on, on, on game days. And what I see on game days right now is, is Frank Clark doesn't look like he's 100%. How much is he? I don't know, but he certainly doesn't look like he's completely healthy out there. And it would be consistent with I mean Clark has had a lot of you know maladies. I mean, he's had a lot of things going on with him in, in Kansas City and he's tried to play through them. Um, you know, his first season, you know, back in nineteen. Uh he had the, the the nerve problem in his arm that was causing his hand to go to sleep. He tried to play through that. I mean, so I give him credit that he he has tried to play when he hasn't been healthy, but this is another one of those cases i mean if if that's the play that you're going to get because this guy's not even close to hundred percent, do you set him down and, and let him get somewhere closer to that because right now i mean and you're right, I mean the productivity with Clark has not been there and and guys who are hundred percent might be able to give you more productivity
0: and that's what I'm wondering. I get a lot of questions now where we're what uh we're six days out from the trade deadline. I don't see anywhere just just to wrap this whole thing up in a bow. I don't I don't see new personnel coming to the defense. I don't I don't see the cap unless they do something extreme here. Do you think that there's any activity for this team before the trade deadline?
1: Very very limited. I mean you've you've hit on it. I mean they've got about two point five million dollars in cap room, which is nothing. I mean they're getting to the point now where even if they've got a, a, you know three or four more injuries, they're going to be in trouble just putting together a roster. Yeah. Um, and. They're saving some money. I mean, this is how close they are. They're saving money right now by just not filling Jody Fortson's spot on the 53. I mean, it's not much, but every $10,000 here and there will help you. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's how close they are. So there's not there's no money out there to go out and take an $8 million player mm-hmm. from another team. So you can cross off a lot of guys right there. Um, budget-wise and with the resources that the Chiefs have as far as not being able to want to give up a lot of draft picks either, you're looking at a reclamation project. I mean, you're looking at somebody who's on probably on a rookie contract that underperformed it and is available. And not a first round pick either, because those guys are making too much money. Right. <laughs> you're talking, you know, later round guys, inexpensive guys. Um, you know, maybe there's some undrafted guys that have, you know, proven themselves and maybe you want to, you know, take a take a take a stab on those, but who's going to give those up? I mean, most of the guys that are going to be available at a deadline are available for a reason. And uh usually it's cost. And the Chiefs can't take on any cost. So maybe a deal. I mean, I know the Chiefs have been rumored with some running backs for some depth there and everything. Uh, I'm sure they would love to be in the market for an edge rusher, but I don't see one that's out there that could markedly make any contribution on this team.
0: Yeah, that's kind of how I am, too. Do you see even just like basically a giveaway to shed some contract, like uh, guys that aren't playing in Blythe or LDT?
1: I mean, those would be ways, but hey, you know, then again, Blythe is a minimum salary guy. So, right. you know, yeah. you're not gaining anything there. And LDT's got too many problems. I mean, you know, remember the guy hasn't played two At years all. now. No. So no team knows what kind of shape he's in. Even though he, you know, negotiated that contract down, he's still got $2 million plus cap hit.